3: Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Sunday the first of September, two thousand nineteen. Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur. Kickoff four thirty pm. The contents: Head Coach. The captain, voice of Arsenal, player feature, Danny Sabalos, supporter services, club culture, match action, Arsenal versus Burnley, visitors, Tottenham Hotspur, culture club, my story, match action, Liverpool versus Arsenal, Arsenal women, Arsenal family,
4: Teams. the head coach Unai Emery the boss on events at Anfield and the challenge of the derby good afternoon our message today is clear to write a new positive derby memory playing against Tottenham in front of our supporters is something to savour and we want to be able to have a special day with the fans to do that We need to impose our game plan against them, knowing it's going to be difficult. We need to look at our positioning offensively and defensively. Above all, we need to play each ball, each metre, each minute with that intensity. After, we need to be clever when we have the ball and are in good situations to make the difference against them. Also, I think is a very big challenge for us, and it's a very, very good moment, a good match and the possibility of winning against them gives a chance for success. When it comes to our formation, we have plenty of options. For example, last weekend at Liverpool, we played with a diamond. The consequence of the result was not the diamond, but really we are ready to play with different tactical decisions. Last year we worked and used different formations with good performances because the players here have worked on those systems. Also... They have the habit of playing in different systems. We are more rich tactically with different formations and tactics and can change in each match and each moment in the 90 minutes. For this game, we will decide the best possible system for us thinking of our game plan and to adapt for Tottenham. I mentioned Liverpool. The defeat there last weekend left us disappointed but optimistic. I felt we showed good character but I was obviously disappointed with the result. In the first half, we were very deep defensively because they used their two wingers and they were giving the ball close to our box, but we were thinking it could be an opportunity to play in the match with Pepe and Orba. Also, our moment was in the transition and they are two very strong players to do that. We made two or three chances to score, and these were from moments when they were pushing in our box with a lot of crosses. It's not all we wanted to do in the match because we wanted to keep the ball and keep possession better, but their pressing was very strong, and we didn't break their pressing of the ball as much as we wanted. But we had the possibility in the match to show our moment and to score. They finished the first half 1-0 up, and in the second half the key was the penalty. I think it was soft, and I think usually it's not enough for holding, but it was decided like that, and we continued in our way. We opened more, and they gave us more space to keep the ball and to keep possession for attacks against them, and in the transition they are a very strong team. That's how they scored their third goal. It was in this moment we needed to show something different, not frustration, not going down, and keep our moment in the match and hold our moment. It was a bad result, but we are working for progress. I think we showed character, and also the impact from Lucas Torreira with Alex Lacazette and Mickey was good. Also, some players made another step, like Joe Willock, and I also think it was a good match for Pepe and Matia. Ceballos' impact wasn't as strong as against Burnley, but this is one more experience for him. We need to be realistic but also confident in each training and in the next match. Now we need to show how we can be different with other teams. Really, I think now we have reduced the difference with Liverpool over the 90 minutes. We've reduced the difference from last year, but at the moment it's not enough. I think we can be positive. We showed character when we were losing 3-0 and not going down. We scored one goal, but really, we were looking forward for chances to score. In the first half, it was the same. We did more in transition than the other tactical actions, but also in the transition, we needed to take the chances we made. In the second half, the match changed. The key for us is to make sure we respond with a complete performance this afternoon. In terms of our team news... We have some positive news for the future, although perhaps not for today. On the latest team news, Rob Holding is training with us and playing with the under-23s, but he is not 100% to play for the first team today. We are working with him one way, playing with the under-23s and training with us, and also testing his performance each day and with each match for the under-23s. We think now he is getting better. He can play one match but not with the intensity we want today, for example. On Hector Bellerin and Kieran Tierney, we have to be calm but also we have to be demanding with their recovery because we need them. The international break is going to give us two weeks to test them better than before because now my focus with the team is the players that will be available today and to prepare with them. After today's game, we will test different players and how they can be closer to us, to the team, to start playing with us. Enjoy the game.
1: Granit Xhaka, view from the dressing room. Obviously, you don't need me to tell you about the importance of this game for everyone involved with Arsenal. For me, I see it as an honour and a privilege to be able to play in a match as important as this. I've played in four North London derbies at home, and I have mostly good memories from them. There are certain moments from those games that you just never forget, especially last season's here at the Emirates. We knew the importance of the game, and at half-time, when we were 2-1 down, we changed our approach slightly, and ended up turning the game around. When I think back to how it felt when Lacker put us in front, and when Lucas made it 4-2, I still get goosebumps. The atmosphere that day, wow. I know it's spoken about often ahead of these games, but having the fans fully behind you in a derby makes such a big difference. We noticed that last season. Even when we were behind, you all stuck with us and kept on singing, encouraging us. We ended up scoring three times in 20 minutes in the second half, and during that time we could feel the energy of the fans. I think you could sense our energy and our commitment too. I feel like we ended up encouraging each other in the stands and on the pitch, and that made the difference for us. Let's create the same atmosphere today. We feel well prepared for today, having had a really good week on the training pitch. Our mood is positive and we're feeling confident, so now we need to make sure we do what is required of us on the pitch. It's also important for us to respond well, having lost at Liverpool last week. Looking back at that game, I thought we had a really good first 40 minutes. We followed the game plan, we did what the coach wanted us to do, and we probably made the better chances too. To concede the first goal when we did, right before half-time, killed us a little bit. We've analysed the game and that result is in the past now, and we want to focus on the future. This is the last match before the international break and it always makes a difference when you can go into that on a high of winning, especially a game as special as this one. In general, I think we've shown lots of promise in the first few games of the season. The new signings have strengthened us and have added depth and quality to the squad. As a midfielder myself, I was really impressed with Danny Ceballos against Burnley. When you train with him, it doesn't take long to notice just how good he is on the ball. He really showed that in the Burnley game but what I liked so much was how quickly he adapted to the physical side of the game. When you come to the Premier League, it takes time to get used to the speed and power of football in England, but he wasn't intimidated, and they didn't get the better of him. He was strong as well as creative, and that showed when he set up Alba's winner by pressing their player and then tackling him. I've got to know the new players quite well now, and I feel like they all bring something different to the squad. David Luiz has added a lot of experience and a very strong mentality. From having played against him, I knew what a fierce competitor he is on the pitch, but off it I feel he brings a lot of value to the dressing room. We're pleased to have him here. Nico got his first start last weekend and he's starting to show what he can do. I think he has so much potential and we saw that at Anfield when he nearly scored on a few occasions in the first half. His pace is frightening. He's really so quick and his willingness to run with the ball and use his skill is very exciting. He's going to be a very big weapon for us. Thanks for your support.
2: Voice of Arsenal. Arsenal host Forest. The Gunners have been drawn at home to play Nottingham Forest in the third round of the Carabao Cup. The match will be played on Tuesday, Wednesday, September 24th, 25th. The kickoff time is yet to be confirmed. We last met in the FA Cup third round in twenty eighteen when Forrest earned a four two win. The season before, we recorded a four 0 win in the EFL Cup. But it's been more than twenty years since we last hosted this famous old club. We met in the Premier League on august seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight, winning two one, with Emmanuel Petit's goal equalized by Jeff Thomas before Mark Overmars grabbed the winner at Highbury. Ticket details for this fixture will appear on Arsenal.com. Europa League draw. We will be heading to Germany, Belgium and Portugal in the group stages of this season's Europa League. We are in Group F, alongside Eintracht Frankfurt, Standard Liège and Victoria. The fixtures are as follows. September 19th versus Eintracht Frankfurt... 5.55pm, October 3rd versus Standard Liège, 8pm, October 24th versus Victoria, 8pm, November 6th, 7th versus Victoria, to be confirmed, November 28th versus Eintracht Frankfurt, 8pm, December 12th versus Standard Liège, 5.55pm. Adidas, the Adi years. Our first North London derby in Adidas kit took place on Saturday, September 6th, 1986 and finished goalless in front of 44,707 at Highbury. The match was Stuart Robson's 150th and final appearance. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting foul to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Programme fact. The first Arsenal versus Tottenham programme we have in our records is from September 4th, 1915, which coincidentally was our first ever wartime fixture. A healthy crowd of 14,819 came to Highbury to see the Gunners win 2-0, thanks to goals from Charles Lewis and Alfred Thompson. Matchball Sponsor Today's Matchball Sponsors have sent in the following message. Happy 8th birthday, Kellen Keaton. It is so incredibly special to celebrate our first Arsenal match together as a family. O2, O2B, to b Aguna. We hope you enjoy your day. On this day, 1983, Jose Antonio Reyes was born. A hundred years in the top flight. Today's game is exactly a hundred years and two days since Arsenal started their unbroken run in the top flight, an achievement we believe can only be matched by Celtic in world football. As most fans will be aware, We used last season's programme to mark this achievement with a series of very popular retro covers. Let's hope the result is more favourable this afternoon than 100 years ago when Leslie Knighton's team lost 1-0 to Newcastle United. Who is your Player of the Month? It's your chance to vote for your August Player of the Month and you could even present the award at Emirates Stadium. We begin the season by winning two of our first three games with a number of players impressing. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has started in explosive form, scoring twice and assisting once in August. Meanwhile, Danny Ceballos was particularly impressive in our 2-1 home win over Burnley, while Matteo Ganduzzi and Joe Willock have excelled in the middle of the path. But which of the four gets your vote? Head to arsenal.com to vote. Official team sheets. For future under-23 fixtures played at Emirates, A small number of team sheets will be available to collectors if they call the contact centre on 0207 619 5003. The teams will be found on the big screens, arsenal.com and at Arsenal Academy. Bag it. In every podcast this season, we'll be giving away one of these fantastic Adidas holdalls, perfect for all the brilliant new Arsenal kit swag. To be in with a chance of winning, answer the following question correctly. Which Arsenal striking legend helped launch the new away kit? A. Thierry Henry, B. Alan Smith Or C. Ian Wright Email your answers to programme at arsenal.co.uk Or tweet us at AFC Programme Answers by Friday, September 6th Ref Watch Today's referee is one you should know well. 48-year-old Martin Atkinson also took charge of our first game of the season, the 1-0 win at Newcastle United. One of the most recognisable officials in the English game, Mr Atkinson has refereed in the Premier League since 2005. He's taken charge of 15 of our matches from the start of the 2015-16 season, and this is his first appointment at the Emirates this campaign. Date for your diary. We can confirm the kick-off details for our home Premier League match against Bournemouth. Arsenal vs Bournemouth, Sunday, October 6th, kickoff 2pm, Emirates Stadium. TV selections have now been made up to October 31st. Ordinarily, Premier League fixtures up to this date will now not change. However, as ever, all fixtures remain subject to change. Welcome to our new Supporters Forum members. Our Supporters Forum offers fans a chance to meet club officials air their views and raise questions. Members of the forum include representatives of domestic and international supporters clubs, the Arsenal Independent Supporters Association, AISA, the Arsenal Supporters Trust, AST, Red Action, and supporters representing the interests of the following categories of fans, 16 to 21-year-olds, over 60s, disabled supporters, club-level members, gold members, red members, family enclosure members, ethnic minorities, gay supporters, women and shareholders. Meetings are chaired by the club's Communications and Community Affairs Director, Mark Ganella, and are attended by Managing Director, Vinay ben Head of Football, Raul Sanier, and other senior club officials. It meets at least three times a season to discuss a wide range of issues, which include ticketing, pricing, policing, community activities and supporters' complaints procedures. Minutes of previous meetings can be found at HTTPS colon forward slash forward forward fanzone forward supporters dash forum forward supporters dash forum minutes. The length of service for each representative is three seasons and we have recently had some new members join the forum. Please can we give a big Arsenal welcome too? Jan Zabala, Arsenal Supporters Club, Domestic. Peter Host, Arsenal Supporters Club, Overseas. Fred Dowd, Club Level. David Hurrell, Family Enclosure. And Michael Anjos, Away Scheme Member. If you want to get in contact with your representative, please visit www.arsenal.com forward slash fanzone forward slash supporters dash forum where you can email any questions directly.
3: feature, Danny Sabalius Danny Sabalius, superb showing in his Emirates debut two weeks ago, conjured up memories of compatriots Cesc Fabregas and Santi Cazorla, but it's another former Spanish gunner who's been particularly close to the midfielder's heart in recent times Jose Antonio Rios tragically died following a traffic collision in Spain back in June. Just a few weeks before, Ceballos completed his loan switch from Real Madrid and the tragic news hit our midfielder particularly hard. The two were born in the same Andalusian town of Utria, southern Spain and Reese was an idol for Ceballos growing up. Now, our on-loan midfielder is hoping to follow in Reese's footsteps by helping the team to silverware. Just as the forward did both in 2004 and 2005. But first, he wants to emulate him by playing his part in a North London derby victory. It's been nearly three months since José Antonio Reyes died. How difficult has it been for you? José's death was a huge tragedy, not just for me, but for the world of football. He was a really important player for Spain, and it's a shame that he left us at such a young age. You spoke to Jose's father before signing for Arsenal. How's the family bearing up? Well, the family is trying to come to terms with the tragic death of their son. I spoke to his father and he congratulated me on signing for Arsenal. He told me that it was a massive club where his son has come a long way. I feel a lot of affinity with him because he's from Ulterior too and now I've joined Arsenal just like he did before me. Did he say anything in particular about Jose's time here at Arsenal? Jose was very happy here because he was able to win titles, which is the most important thing in football. He was treated very well and shown a lot of love by the fans and everyone at the club who he was with on a day-to-day basis. In your first interview with us, you told us how Jose was your childhood idol. How closely did you follow his career as he was breaking through at Sevilla? Reece started playing professionally at a very young age. If I remember rightly, he was only around 16. From there, his career came on leaps and bounds to the point where he was able to sign for Arsenal. He went on to play in European Championships and World Cups. As a player, he was an icon, not just for me, but for Spanish football as a whole, because he played for the biggest clubs in Spain and he won titles everywhere he went. On a purely footballing level, what was it that you admired about him the most? Well, aside from the football inside of things, I admired him on a personal level because he was from the same village as me. He was the only elite player we had at the time. He was a really bold player. I remember one match he was playing for Sevilla against Real Madrid. He was up against Roberto Carlos. But he looked like he'd been playing at the top level for 10 years. But he'd only just made the step up from the youth academy. He was definitely one of my idols. Jose joined Arsenal in 2004. How much pride was there in Utrea when he signed? It was a proud moment for a player from Utrecht to leave Spain and sign for a club like Arsenal, who had top players like Thierry Henry, Perez and Lundberg. He joined very young but was able to make the big steps forward in his career. Everyone in Utrecht was very proud of him because he had decided to make a step up in his career. How closely did everybody in the town follow his career in England? Everyone remembers the Arsenal team that won the Premier League. They remember the great season that he and his teammates had. People are always more likely to remember you if you win. So it was a lot easier at that time. How big of an impact did his rise have on the region and its people? I remember after he died, the people of Utrea, the streets were empty. The pain was immense. It was a tragic time. As far as I know, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in Utrea. He was loved by the whole village and it was shocking news for both me and for the village of Utria as a whole. How much of a sense back home was there that Jose paved the way for Spanish players to come to the Premier League? I think Jose has a big impact when he joined Arsenal and perhaps that helped other Spanish players who might have been afraid of going to play in other leagues, such as the English League in this case. I think the arrivals of Jose and Cest at Arsenal made everything easier and made people less afraid. Perhaps Jose and Zest did a lot to make that happen. I imagine that whenever Jose went back to Oterra for the festivals or Christmas, he would have been treated like a hero. Jose always had time for people, especially kids. He was always out and about around the village and he always held himself very well. He was a very well-known person around Oterra and... He loved being in his village and his people. That meant that people treated him like a regular guy. He was always a humble, simple person. When you had the chance to join Arsenal, how significant was it for you to follow in Jose's footsteps? I joined Arsenal not long after Reyes died. He was always on my mind a lot around that time because I'm sure he would have got in touch with me to give me recommendations on good stuff to do here in London. That was impossible because of his death. It was such sad news for the world of football. I'm sure he's up there, proud that I'm following in his footsteps and I'm proud to be following in his footsteps too. Jose twice won North London derbies in the Premier League. What does it mean for you to play in your first derby today? My teammates have already told me about the importance of the game. The derby is massive for the club and for the fans but it's also important for us to get the three points to extend our good form. It's one of the most important matches for the year for the club and for all the fans. I always give 100% to win a game, but it's something that gives us extra incentive and extra motivation to go out there and leave it all on the pitch to try and get the three points and win the North London Derby, which is what we all want. Have you watched the Derby before? Yes, I saw the Derby last season. It wasn't at the Emirates, but at Tottenham. It finished 1-1. And I remember Arsenal had a lot of chances. We want to take another step forward this season and show the fans that we're ambitious and that we want to win every game.
4: Supporter Services The Supporter Services page lets you know what's new around Emirates Stadium and what we are doing to improve everyone's match day. New Supporters Forum members. Make sure you go to the Voice of Arsenal pages to meet the new forum members. Remember, you can contact your representative on the official website in the fan zone section. Security at Emirates Stadium Supporters are recommended to arrive early throughout the season to allow for security checks, including searches outside and at the turnstiles. Please do not bring any bags unless necessary. If you do need to bring a bag please look out for the dedicated bank search lanes. Only bags no larger than 16.5 inches by 12 inches by 6 inches may be brought into the stadium. Please check the list of prohibited items on arsenal.com before you travel and ensure you plan your journey accordingly to avoid queues ahead of kick-off. For those attending with children, please make use of our young fan wristbands. If you become separated from your child, the wristbands will assist our stewards in reuniting you as soon as possible. The wristbands are available from stewards and programme sellers. Also, we have a new matchday safety and security page on arsenal.com. You'll find it in the Emirates Stadium section of the website. What's new at Emirates? Beer. Camden Town Brewery will provide beer across Emirates Stadium in a new three-year deal this season. The Champions Bar on club level has been transformed into a full Camden Town Brewery experience, along with the concession stand at Block 9 on the lower tier and Block 103 on the upper tier. We are still running our special offers up to 45 minutes before kick-off and after the match. These include Camden Hell's or Pale Ale for £5 a pint and a pie and a beer or soft drink for £5.50. Cashback service for platinum and gold members. The credit for ticket sales made via ticket exchange, less an administrative fee, can be withdrawn via our cashback service at certain times during the season. Members who have funds available will be notified via email when the cashback window is open. The next window is currently scheduled as follows. Opens 10am Friday, September 27th. Closes 10am Friday, October 4th. Funds will clear into your account after a minimum of 10 working days has passed from when the service has closed. Call the Arsenal Contact Centre on 020-7619-5003. For all supporters, services, queries, contact the club's SLO Mark Brindle at mbrindle at arsenal.co.uk. Don't forget to follow the club's Matchday Twitter account at Arsenal ArsenalMatchDay. Question of the Week. Question Some sizes are out of stock on all three new kits. When will you get more stock? Answer. We are expecting a delivery towards the end of September.
1: Club Culture. News from Arsenal's official supporters clubs. Arsenal Nepal Intrafun Futsal. On July 13th, Arsenal Nepal successfully hosted the Arsenal Nepal Intrafun Futsal Fest 7 2019 with 100 fans participating in the Futsal Festival at Field Futsal Senepa. All the players were divided into 10 teams with two groups of five teams in each group and the teams were given the name of Arsenal legends. The tournament was won by Henri Kings who defeated Adams Gunners 2-1. More than 200 people attended the event. Last year's winner, Bergkamp Non-Flyers, received a guard of honour by all the participants. Awards went to Best Goalkeeper, Nakul Rai, Adams Gunners, Best Player, Manish Dangol, Henri's Kings, High Scorer, Joint, Sujan Balami and Prayag Giri. Another highlight of the event was a Nepalese Gunaret demonstration game which was included for the first time. Arsenal Nepal members were delighted to take part in such an event in a year when they celebrate 10 years of togetherness. Magnificent Seven On September tenth, 2019, World Suicide Prevention Day, a group of fundraisers from Thai Sign, a small village in South Wales, will cycle 500 miles from Risca, South Wales, to Amsterdam to raise awareness of mental health, especially in men, and to fundraise for an incredible local charity. The Jacob Abraham Foundation was set up after Jacob from Cardiff tragically took his own life in 2015, aged just 24. To find out more about the work and aims of the foundation, please visit www.jacobsfoundation.org.uk The seven-man team are Dale and Lee Creswell from Arsenal South Wales Supporters Club, along with James Francis, Chris Fido, Adam Morris Greg Haynes and David Thomas. They all have a deeply personal connection to the aims of the foundation. Lee says one of the lads, Chris Fido's uncle tragically and unexpectedly took his own life. So we wanted to do it for mental health. Every week we were seeing someone affected by it. To donate, visit justgiving.com forward slash tiesign500 or text JAFU50 and the amount you wish to donate to 770. Thank you, Tiong. After serving Arsenal Singapore Club with distinction for 12 years as President or Vice President, Mr Arsenal Singapore, Tiong Yin Yan, is stepping down. During his tenure, Yin Yan passionately developed the Supporters Club into a club that's admired by both local and foreign Gooners alike. Apart from spearheading the usual club events, the lifelong fan has been the driving force in the club's contributions to charitable causes. When Singapore Gooners travel to Emirates, he is always enthusiastic in showing them around. He also ensures a great experience at our Singapore Hangout 5 Oriental Bar. Enjoy your retirement, Yin Yang. Much love from everyone at Arsenal Singapore Club.
2: Match Report. Burnley. Premier League. Match Day 2. 12.30pm, Saturday August 17th. Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2. Burnley 1. Goals by Lacazette. 13, Aubameyang, 64, Barnes, 43. For Arsenal, number one, Leno. 15, Maitland-Niles. 23, Lewis. 5, Socrates. 18, Monreal. 8, Ceballos. 29, Gendouzi. 28, Willock. 9, Lacazette. 71. 24. Nelson. 46. 14. Aubameyang. Substitutes Martinez, Chambers, Torea, 83. Colazinach, 71. Pepe, 46. Martinelli, Mikatirian. Burnley, 1. Pope, 2. Loughton, 5. Tokowski. Six, me. Twenty-three, Peters. Four, Cork. Eighteen, Westwood. Seven, Goodmanson, 72. Eleven, McNeil. Nine, Wood, 61. Ten, Barnes. Substitutes. Hart, Taylor, Hendrick, Gibson. Rodriguez, 61. Lennon, 72. Bardsley. First half. We followed up on our opening day win at St. James's Park with another victory in our first home game of the season. A new signing, Danny Ceballos, was the star of the show. The Spaniard was named in the starting lineup for the first time, along with David Luez in defence. It was Ceballos who set up the opening goal. His corner fell to Alexandre Lacazette, who steadied himself before firing home between the keeper's legs. We were looking in good shape until late in the half when Ashley Barnes levelled from inside the box and went in all square at the interval. Second half. Ceballos set up the winner as well, winning the ball himself inside the Burnley half, then releasing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. From then, it was all about the striker. He shifted the ball onto his right foot and fired unerringly into the bottom corner from just outside the area. We maintained the pressure after taking the lead, and Pepe also impressed during the second period, after coming on for his home debut, as we extended our 100% stat. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 15. Burnley 18. Shots on target. Arsenal 9. Burnley 5. Corners. Arsenal 10. Burnley 7. Offsides. Arsenal 5. Burnley 1. Fouls. Arsenal 13. Burnley 11. Possession percentage, Arsenal 68, Burnley 32.
3: Visitors, Tottenham Hotspur. The first North London derby of the 2019-20 season brings Tottenham to the Emirates, still smarting from their shock 1-0 defeat last Sunday to Newcastle United. A result that dropped them to 7th spot in the embryonic Premier League table, a win would have lifted them above Arsenal into 3rd place. The two arch-rivals share similar ambitions this season, with their bid to win a trophy matched by a desire to finish in the top four to secure a spot into next season's Champions League. Spurs will be embarking this month on their fourth successive campaign in the Champions League group stage. Last season, of course, they went all the way to the final it was a miraculous run to madrid where they lost 2-0 to liverpool a recovery from taking just one point from their first three group games preceding a comprehensive em- elimination of giants brescia dorman in the first knockout round before dramatic last gasp away goals successes against man city and ajax carried them through the quarter-finals and semi-finals respectively. On the domestic front, Tottenham's finished fourth in last season's Premier League. One point behind Chelsea, the team that beat them in penalties in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup, after Pochettino's men had overcome Arsenal 2-0 here in the quarter-finals of the same competition. Their European exploits aside, Spurs did not have a great second half of the 2018-19 campaign, going out of the FA Cup early to Crystal Palace, 2-0 at Sellers Park, and losing seven of the last 12 league games. Tottenham finally moved into their eye-catching new stadium in early April, after months of delays in switching there from their temporary home of Wembley. But whilst results at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium have been mixed, their away form from home in the Premier League has been calamitous this year, including defeats in all of their last seven games on the road. Last season, their last away win in the league was at Fulham in January. It took a fortuitous last-minute VAR decision to spare them defeat at Manchester City two weeks ago. They drew 2-2 to add another point to the three that they claimed in beating Aston Villa 3-1 at home on the opening weekend. But Tottenham, who made a handful of new signings in the summer, including a club record purchase of French midfielder... Tanguy Nubele know that their away form must improve sooner rather than later if they are to do justice to their ambitions in 2019-20 season. Spurs fact file formed 1882 Nickname The Lilywhites Stadium Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Capacity sixty two thousand and sixty two 62 Chairman Daniel Levy Record appearance maker Steve Perryman, 854. Record gold scorer, Jimmy Greaves, 266. First meeting, the two clubs played a friendly in Plumstead in November 1887. That was abandoned due to the darkness. The first proper meeting ended with Arsenal winning 1-0 in Division 1 on December 4th, 1909. Early days, the club was founded on September 5th, 1882, by a group of schoolboys who were members of Hotspur Cricket Club who had fancied playing football in the winter. Tottenham was added to their name in 1884. High Point, undoubtedly it's the 1960-61 to 61 when Spurs won their second league title to beat Leicester City 2-0 in the FA Cup final to become the first double winners since Aston Villa in 1897. Low point. Spurs were relegated in 1976-77 when they finished bottom of the 1st Division. Despite being just two points behind Coventry City, who survived in 19th place, Spurs finished 3rd in Division 2 in 1977-78 to bounce straight back into the top flight. The skipper. Hugo Lloris, goalkeeper. Born Nice, France, 26th December 1986 Previous clubs, Nice, Lyon. Hugo lifted the World Cup as a captain of France last year, having also skippered his country into the running-up spot in the Euro 2016. The 112-cap international is now widely regarded as Le Bieu, greatest goalkeeper. Now in his eighth season at Tottenham, the 32-year-old recently made his 300th club appearance and is firmly established among the Premier League's goalkeeping elite. Athletic and agile. His only trophy success at club level was 2011 French Cup win with ex club Lyon. The Nemesis, number 10, Harry Kane. Born Chingford, 28th of the 7th, 1993. Previously, Leighton Orient, Millwall, Norwich, Leicester. The Premier League's most consistent marksman in recent years, Harry has been a sharp and painful thorn in Arsenal's side on many occasions, scoring nine goals in his last nine Premier League games against the Gunners. He got off the mark this time with a late bracing Spurs opening win against Aston Villa, winner of the Golden Boot at last year's World Cup with six goals. Harry now has 22 in 39 internationals for England. The Resistance, Toby Alderweireld, born Antwerp, Belgium, second of March, nineteen eighty nine. Previously, Ajax, Atlético Madrid, and Southampton on loan. Signed in two thousand fifteen from Atlético Madrid after a season on loan at Southampton. The Belgium international has been a linchpin in central defence for Tottenham, making more starts twelve than any other Spurs player in the last season's Champions League campaign. Having missed the bulk of the previous season through injury, also capable of playing in either full back role, he has won ninety two caps for Belgium, appearing for the Red Devils in the last three major tournaments. The athlete Moussa Cisco midfielder Born Le Blanc, France, 16th of August nineteen eighty nine, previously Toulouse and Newcastle, a French international worth 58 caps, Monsia missed out on Le blue's World Cup-winning campaign, but was recalled last season after some impressive outings for Spurs. He started his career with Toulouse before spending three seasons at Newcastle. He signed for Spurs on August 16, following a 30 million transfer from Tyneside. And although he took time to find his feet at Tottenham, the powerful midfielder has been constant starter. Over the last twelve months, the boss Mauricio Pochicino, born March the second, nineteen seventy-two, previously at Hispaniel two thousand nine to two thousand twelve, Southampton, two thousand thirteen to two thousand forty. Mauricio has established a reputation as an initiative and widely respected coach, especially since leaving Southampton to become the Tottenham manager in May 2014. He led Spurs to fifth place and the League Cup final in his debut campaign before overseeing top three finishes in each of the next three seasons, before steering the side to the Champions League final last term. A central defender who made his name in Espanyol, Paris Saint Germain, and Bordeaux, he won 20 international caps for Argentina, appearing in the 2002 World Cup. He only ended his playing days back in Espanyol, but also started his managerial career at the Spanish club. The rising star, number eight, Harry Winks, midfielder. Born in Hemel Hempstead, 2nd of February 1996. An England youth international at every age group from under 16 to under 20, Harry has been capped three times at senior level. A Spurs Youth Academy graduate, he has been sidelined on and off during injury since his first team breakthrough, but has demonstrated a mixture of silk and steel in the midfield engine room when selected and now has made over 100 senior appearances for the club. The 23-year-old signed a new five-year contract in July. The boy from Brazil, number twenty seven, Lucas Moura. Born San Polo, Brazil, thirteenth of august nineteen ninety two, previously San Polo and Paris Saint Germain. Signed in january twenty eighteen for twenty-five million from Paris Saint Germain. Lucas has become something of a cult hero at the Topham Faithful. His dramatic Champions League semi-final hat drink against Ajax in Amsterdam last May, the stuff of legends. His happy habit of scoring critical goals also bought a vital equaliser shortly after coming off the bench at Man City two weeks ago. The Brazil international, since 2011, a skillful pacey man. He has won 35 caps. The Asian ace, number seven, Son, midfielder. Born South Korea, the 8th of July, 92. Previously Hamburg and Bayer Leverkusen. One of the football's finest to have emerged from Asia in recent years, the pacey two-footed South Korean international joined Spurs from Leverkusen in 2015 and has become hugely popular with the Tottenham fans. With his eye for a goal, an infatigable will to win, he has returned from a three-month ban against Southampton last weekend and is seeking his first Spurs goal since starting three of the last two legs of the last season's Champions League quarter-final against Manchester City. The newcomer, number 28, Tangier Monbele, midfielder, born France, 28th of December 1996, previously at Ames, Lyon. The powerful French midfielder became Tottenham's record signing when he joined for £55.4 million in July this year. He spent the previous two seasons at Lyon, the first on loan from Ames and then the first caught the eye of the English observers in the Champions League win at Man City last September. He has since earned six senior caps for France, a goal scorer on his Spurs debut against Aston Villa. He missed last Sunday's game against Newcastle with a minor thigh injury. Classic Arsenal-Spurs matches. Two actually. At White Hart Lane in October 1962, Spurs, who had just beaten Notts Forest 9-2, led Arsenal 3-0 after 26 minutes and 4-2 at half-time, only to draw 4 all. Classic rematch. At Highbury 12 months later, Spurs again led 4-2 at the break, only to draw 4-4 when Jeff Strong equalised with 20 seconds of injury time remaining. There have been another two eight-goal thrillers in 1958 and 2008. Right-winger. They say politics and football shouldn't mix, but Lucas Morora, along with former stars Rivaldo, Ronaldinho and Kaka, was a high-profile supporter of the controversial Jar Bolsonaro in his successful bid to become Brazilian president last year. Scouting report by Michael Cox. Tottenham have made a stuttering start in 2019-20 season with an unconvincing come-from-behind victory over Aston Villa, a point against Man City in a game where they were dominated for long periods, and then a surprise defeat against Newcastle last weekend. Four points isn't a disastrous return for those fixtures, but it isn't quite the slick, well-drilled machine of recent seasons, at least on evidence so far. Mauricio Puccuccino is a tactical chameleon and has used 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, as a diamond midfield so far. This fixture could be very complex in a tactical sense, especially when considering the corresponding fixture last season, when Arsenal ran out 4-2 winners. Then, Arsenal started with a three-man defence and Spurs started with a four-man defence before both sides switched the course of the game, with Arsenal ended up in the back four and Spurs in the back three. This is a familiar Spurs squad, although there's been upgrades in midfield, with the addition of the excellent all-rounder Tanguy Dombele and the silky Argentine Jovinia. Dombele was efficiently a belated replacement for Moussa Dombele, whilst La Sosa provides creativity in a slightly more advanced position. However, Tottenham have looked somewhat lacking creativity in their two home matches until the introduction of substitute Christian Eriksen. Other options include Harry Winks, who plays a calm passing role from front of the defence, and Musa Sikoto, generally in the box-to-box role, although he ended the defeat to Newcastle at right back. That's because Spurs are short of options in that position. After Kieran Trippier's move to Atletico Madrid, Carl Walker-Peters is a promising youngster, although he struggled at times against Raheem Sterling at Man City. Vertonghen hasn't been in the starting eleven with Toby Alderweireld and Davidson Sanchez preferred. Whilst Sanchez and left-back Danny Rose were guilty of leaving too much space between them for Joe Linton's winner last weekend, Hugo Lloris seems back to his best, however, after some difficult moments last season. Up front, Harry Kane has nine goals in nine Premier League games against Arsenal, including penalties, both home and away last season. Son has returned from suspension to offer movement and speed alongside him, and his runs into the channels represented Spurs' greatest threat with this fixture last year. Lucas Mora can play wide, although has also popped up with a couple of crucial headed goals. This season, whilst Eric Labella has been fielded as the number ten, floating between the lines, perhaps the defining feature of the Spurs side is Pochettino's high defence line, and balls in behind have caught them out for concessions at home of both Aston Villa and Newcastle. Spurs pressing doesn't seem quite intense as in recent seasons, although we can expect Pochettino's side to start this North London derby with tremendous speed and aggression.
4: Arsenal Culture Club, representing the 1980s, Pat Jennings. Over the decades, Arsenal have had a big influence on popular culture. Historian John Sperling looks at the Gunner's unique impact off the pitch. A raft of footballers appeared on TV show This Is Your Life, which, at its height, attracted audiences of up to 20 million. In 1986, Arsenal fullbacks Kenny Sampson and Viv Anderson, along with striker Tony Woodcock and Tottenham's Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle, disguised themselves as railway porters and ambushed Southampton and England goalkeeper Peter Shilton as he arrived at Waterloo Station, ostensibly for a business meeting. Both Samson and Woodcock were already well-versed in the veil of secrecy which surrounded TIYL. They'd also been studio guests when Arsenal goalkeeper Pat Jennings was the chosen celebrity in November 1983. Eamon Andrews always walked a tightrope prior to the show being filmed, but in Jennings' case, there were multiple concerns. Firstly, footballers aren't exactly known for their discretion. Skipper Kenny Sampson recalled, ''We all knew about Pat's appearance on the show weeks in advance. All it would have taken was one of us to blab to a journalist, and that would have been that. I think I asked manager Terry Neal to give us all a bonus for keeping quiet about it, but he didn't take me up on the idea. In the back of host Eamon Andrews' mind was also the fact that his track record with Northern Irish footballers on the show was chequered. Legendary Tottenham skipper Danny Blanchflower famously became the first star to turn down Andrews and his famous Red Book in the 1960s, shouting, not bloody likely, and running out of the building when Andrews hove into view. Jennings, on the other hand, couldn't have been more obliging. The show's production team delighted in surprising their guests when they were sprung, and in Jennings' case, it was arguably the most daring ambush of all. Andrews approached the Arsenal goalkeeper on the pitch at a packed and feverish White Hart Lane after the Gunners had defeated Tottenham 2-1 in the Milk Cup in November 1983, thanks to goals from Tony Woodcock and Charlie Nicholas. Andrews' heart had been in his mouth when Jennings was clattered to the floor with 20 minutes remaining of the match and needed lengthy treatment. I thought that he was about to be rushed to hospital and that weeks of preparation was going to be wiped out. When Pat finally got up, I've never been so relieved. As the Arsenal players soaked up the applause from the swathes of travelling supporters, Andrews made his move and snuck through the crowds of officials and players on the pitch. I couldn't quite process what was going on, Jennings explains. I was so caught up in the moment of winning the game, then I saw him, Andrews, come towards me, and David O'Leary was sort of nudging me towards Eamon. Despite the fact that Tottenham fans were rapidly heading for the exit, they gave Jennings a generous hand, as Andrews, microphone in hand, announced, Tonight Pat Jennings... This is your life. I was very fortunate, recalls Jennings. North London derbies are tempestuous and unpredictable, and there were 48,000 there that night, but despite the fact I'd joined Arsenal from Spurs in 1977, their supporters had remained appreciative of my 14 years there. I was in a unique position, really. I don't think any other players who crossed the divide like that were treated so kindly." Teammates past and present, the Arsenal team are grinning like Cheshire Cats following the win at White Hart Lane, paid homage to Jennings, including Jimmy Greaves, Jennings' childhood hero Harry Gregg and George Best, who tells the audience about the pranks he and Jennings played on teammates on Northern Ireland trips. There's a montage of Jennings' phenomenal goalkeeping at both North London clubs and a clip of his wife Eleanor singing Danny Boy on the TV show Sunday night at the London Palladium. Andrews makes several references to Jennings' legendary bashfulness. The ex-goalkeeper explained, ''I was pretty bowled over by the whole experience that night.'' but it was wonderful to catch up with my extended family, some of whom I hadn't seen for many years. It wasn't Jennings' last appearance on the show. In 1998, after This Is Your Life moved to the BBC, Arsenal goalkeeping coach and 1971 double winner Bob Wilson was surprised by new host Michael Aspel and TV presenter Jill Dando at the London Coney Training Ground. After Wilson met the majority of the class of 71, including Bob McNabb, who flew in from America, Jennings eulogised about Wilson, who coached Jennings after he signed for Arsenal, aged 32. It was Terry Neal's idea, recalled Jennings, and I reckon Bob added five years to my career. Both This Is Your Life shows, preserved in their entirety on YouTube, are a testimony to two legendary former Arsenal goalkeepers and the great and good from both North London clubs.
1: The Arsenal Foundation, my story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. Tony Mills, 39, is a regular at Arsenal in the Community's Amputee Football Sessions. He reveals how the Arsenal Foundation helped him get back into the sport he loves and took his life in a whole new direction. I grew up on the Elthorne estate and Arsenal had always had a massive presence there. Football was my life, but it cost me my leg. I played for a local team, but was involved in a clash with a goalkeeper that broke my tibula and fibula and when things went wrong at the hospital, my leg had to come off below the knee. I was 18. Naturally it was hard, but you have to get on with life. You can't sit around and mope. I started playing amputee football in 1999, and went to three World Cups with England. But then I had the chance to get into athletics, so gave up the sport in 2008. I was a long jumper for Team GB. Unfortunately I missed both the London and Rio Paralympics with injury, which eventually forced me to retire in 2017 when I suffered a ruptured Achilles. It wasn't long before I first came into contact with Arsenal. I'd relocated to Kent and I missed football, so I looked into it and there were two clubs I could go to, Arsenal or Brighton and Hove Albion. It was a no-brainer. I started coming to Arsenal's amputee football sessions at the hub, and before long I was captaining the side. That got me back into the England set-up, and last year I had the opportunity to go to my fourth World Cup in Mexico. The only problem was we had to be totally self-funded, and that's where the Arsenal Foundation came in. They basically paid for me and one of my teammates Helder, to go. England were one of the favourites, but I have to be honest, we had an absolute stinker in the quarter-finals against Brazil, and lost 3-1. We should have won on paper, but it was one of those games where everything went wrong. It was heartbreaking, but at the same time it was a great experience and it was fantastic for me to be involved with England after 11 years away. I have Arsenal to thank for that experience. It's an amazing club and I look forward to coming to the training sessions every Thursday. I still get a buzz when I walk up and see the stadium and the facilities are incredible. Without Arsenal in the community, I wouldn't have got back into the sport I love, and without the Arsenal Foundation, I wouldn't have made the plane last year. I've made some wonderful new friends, and I even met my fiancé at the World Cup, a lovely lady from Mexico, so things have turned out pretty well.
3: Match report, Liverpool, Liverpool. Premier League. Match day three. pm kickoff, Saturday, August 24th. At Anfield, Liverpool three, Arsenal one. Goal scorers: Matip, forty-one; Salah, forty-nine; Salah, fifty-eight penalty. Arsenal goal scorer: Torilla, eighty-five minutes. First half. Unai Emery's team were set to absorb pressure and hit Liverpool on the break, and for a long while, whilst the game plan worked. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang launched into a near-miss clearance from Adrian to lob the ball just wide. Nicolas Pepe curled an effort just beyond the top corner and our record signing shot straight at Adrian whilst one-on-one with the keeper. All very promising, but that was as good as it got. Having seen off a string of menacing deliveries from the flanks, we couldn't deal with Trent Alexander-Arnold's corner and Joe Matip thumped a header past Bernard Lino second half. We suffered another hammer blow just after the restart. David Luez tugged Mo Salah's shirt as he tried to launch into a defensive flick-on from the outstanding Roberto Firmino. And Salah scored from the resulting penalty. The Egypt star made a great save 11 minutes later, turning away from David Luiz and finding the bottom corner. Lucas Torrida pulled a goal back with a low finish with a good work from Aubameyang. But it was no more than a consolation. Match stats total shots, Liverpool 25, Arsenal 9. Shots on target, Liverpool 5, Arsenal 3. Corners, Liverpool 6, Arsenal 4. Offsides, Liverpool 1, Arsenal 4. Fouls, Liverpool 8. Arsenal 5. Possession, 52% for Liverpool, 48% for Arsenal.
2: Arsenal women. The latest news and results from the women's Super League champions. Gunners face Fiorentina. Arsenal's return to Champions League football will see them head to Italy in the last 32 of the women's Champions League. The matches will be played over two legs in September, with the first legs on September 11th-12th and the second legs on September 25th-26th. Fiorentina finished second in Series A, behind Juventus, and Joe Montemuro knows there will be a stiff challenge for the Gunners. They're the favourites, said Joe. They've been in the competition recently, and we haven't for five or six years now. They know what it's all about, and we don't yet. But we'll be prepared. Part of playing Wolfsburg in Austria was just to travel with the group and get an idea of what is involved, and that was all part of the planning. The plan is not to contain in Florence and try to win here. The plan is to try and win in Florence and come back here and try to win again. And, apart from his Italian ancestry, Joe has a special affinity with the club from Tuscany, having studied for his coaching badges in Florence. It was a great honour to study there and be invited, said the boss. It was a very exclusive course, the Pro Licence in Italy, and probably in the top three or four places to study in Europe. Their coaching methodology and their version of football is unbelievable, and it taught me a lot. The Italians are clued up, and they know it's about 95 or 96 minutes, and not just playing well for small spells. Arsenal hit Spurs for six. Sunday, August 25th, Meadow Park. Arsenal, six. Rod one. 64, 73. BT 21. Nobbs, 50. Maidema, 59. Tottenham, nil. Jill Roard scored a hat-trick, while Jordan Nobbs also netted on her return from injury as we hit six past our North London rivals to end our pre-season in style. We dominated the early proceedings and almost broke the deadlock through Vivian Madema, but her well-taken half-volley deflected inches wide. Moments later... We were rewarded for our quick start when Kim Little smartly picked out Rod from a corner, and the midfielder made no mistake when placing the ball past Chloe Morgan. Medema looked dangerous and would have doubled our advantage were it not for Rhea Percival's well-timed block. But we did soon strike again and it came midway through the first half when Jennifer Beattie tapped in the close range following a mazy run and cross from Leonie Mayer. Five minutes into the second half and on her return from injury, Nobbs netted our third with a cultured finish into the bottom corner from the edge of the box. Demma then got in on the action when she controlled the ball with her back to goal, spun her defender and drilled it into the bottom corner. Our fifth goal came just five minutes later when Rudd launched onto My Demma's cutback. The Netherlands International then completed her hat-trick when she fired a first-time effort past Morgan to complete the route and bring our pre-season to a close. 2019-20, WSL fixtures. Sunday 8th of September, West Ham United, 2.30pm, home. Monday 16th of September, Manchester United, 7.30pm, away. Sunday 29th of September, Brighton and Hove Albion 4pm, home. Sunday the 13th of October, Chelsea, away. Sunday 27th of October, Manchester City, home. Sunday, 17th of November, Tottenham Hotspur, away. Sunday, 24th of November, Liverpool, home. Sunday, 1st of December, Bristol City, home. Sunday, 8th of December, Reading, away. Sunday, 15th of December, Everton, 12.30pm, away. Sunday, 5th of January, Birmingham City, home. Sunday, 12th of Jan, Brighton & Hove Albion, away. Sunday 19th of January, Chelsea, home. Sunday 2nd of Feb, Manchester City, away. Sunday 9th of Feb, Tottenham Hotspur, home. Thursday 13th of Feb, Liverpool, away. Sunday 23rd of Feb, Reading, home. Sunday 22nd of March, Bristol City, 3pm, away. Sunday 29th of March, West Ham United, 3pm, away. Thursday 5th of April, Manchester United, home. Sunday 26th of April, Birmingham City, away. Saturday 16th of May, Everton, home. 2pm kickoff unless stated. Conti Cup games confirmed. The Gunners, who last won the trophy in 2018, will take on London City Lionesses, Charlton, Brighton and Bristol City in this season's Continental Cup. The matches are as follows. London City Lionesses away. Sunday september twenty second at two PM Dartford FC Charlton Athletic home. Sunday october twentieth, two PM Borehamwood Wood FC. Brighton and Hove Albion Away. Sunday november third, two PM People's Pension Stadium. Bristol City, home. Thursday, november twenty first, seven thirty PM Borehamwood Wood FC. London Bees, home Wednesday December 11th, 7.30pm Forum Wood FC
1: Arsenal Family, John McClellan Arsenal Life 38 staff members have worked for the club for over 20 years This season we hear their stories of club loyalty When your dad has played for Arsenal the club is always going to be special to you Jack McClellan was a goalkeeper in the Billy Wright era, playing 49 games for the club before a long career with Fulham and Barnet. He died when I was only six, but I remember him driving his taxi and playing for Barnet, and going to Northern Ireland for family holidays. And how proud his family and friends were that he had played for Arsenal. So when I walked into the Marble Halls as a staff member, it was special to know that was something my dad had done when he came over from Northern Ireland. My first stint working for the club was a summer job from university, in the box office on season ticket renewals. Then, after I graduated in 1992, I did the same again. It was the height of the recession, and it was good to be at work, but the plan was always to find something else. 27 years later, fairly quickly, a job became available in the accounts department. My degree was in economics and history, but I had done some accounting and I got the job. I have subsequently learnt on the job, doing all the ACCA exams supported by the club, granting me study leave so I could become a qualified accountant. Initially, I was Purchase Ledger clerk, paying the bills, printing off all the cheques for Ken Fryer and David Miles to sign every week for supplies. I then moved over to Sales Ledger accounting for all the receipts coming in all the income and invoicing i hadn't been at the club long when i had to take six months off through ill health it was chronic fatigue half my white cells were missing in my blood count and i was constantly exhausted it hit me really hard physically and mentally when i got back to work part-time initially i was back doing the purchase ledger which was hard to take It was at the start of my career here and the most difficult time. But I got back on my feet and the job has progressed. It's now quite wide ranging. I look after some management accounts, bank accounts and various other things, such as setting up a lot of the foreign payments on internet banking. If we buy a player, for example. The scale of the accounts operation at the club has increased enormously. When I started, turnover was around 20 million. It's now over 400. There were three staff members in accounts. Now there are over twenty. I played football at school. Barry Fry, who I know through Barnet F. C., said at six foot three I'd make a great centre half. But I didn't really play from secondary school. I turned my attention to the trombone, and then cycling, which is a huge passion of mine. I started racing when I was eighteen, and got going seriously in my early twenties. In 1994, I was chosen to ride for Northern Ireland in the Commonwealth Games in Canada. My eligibility was made known by legendary Olympian Dame Mary Peters, who happened to have grown up with my mum in Porterdown. I competed in the 100km team trial and a couple of track events. I'm immensely proud of competing in the Games, though I wasn't quite at my best as I was already feeling the effects of my illness. It wasn't long afterwards that I couldn't ride at all. ...and didn't compete for seven years. After returning to cycling, I've been quite successful. I won the World Masters Scratch Race on the track in 2013 and 2014. That was for the 40 to 44 age group. The last one was in Manchester, and they're back there this October... ...which is hopefully good news for me. I also won the World Masters Team Pursuit in 2014... ...and I won a national championship, open, so all ages... 8km grass track last year meaning I'm the oldest man to have won a national championship the club I rode for also won the national team pursuit in 2008 too and I once competed at Highbury in 1992 Arsenal was selling a mountain bike and I was persuaded to race a Spurs fan along the side of the pitch at half time the Spurs guy was a proper mountain biker and beating me but was apparently told to ease off and let me win It's the nearest I will ever get to playing at Highbury like my dad did. I don't get reminded of him very often nowadays, but I see David Court occasionally, who played with him, and Liam Brady, who knew him well. Liam and my dad were part of the North London drinking scene at the White Hart in Southgate, with lots of other footballers from various clubs in the 1960s and 70s. Funnily enough, one of my dad's rivals for the goalkeeper's shirt at Arsenal was Ian McKechnie, who was my uncle. My mum's sister married Ian so two sisters married two Arsenal keepers they were best men at each other's weddings my dad's arsenal career was short lived he was unlucky breaking his collarbone and losing his place and it was a difficult period for the club i guess i've made up for his short spell by working here for nearly 30 years which has been a great privilege even if i only arrived for a summer job <laughs>
4: Teams for Arsenal: Head coach Unai Emery. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, and white socks. One, Bent Leno, goalkeeper. Two, Hector Bellerin. Three, Kieran Tierney. Four, Mohamed Ennemi. Five, Socrates Papastathopoulos. Seven, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Eight, Dani Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Mesut Ozil, 11. Lucas Torreira 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 18. Nacho Monreal 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Schroeder Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 23. David Lewis 24. Rhys Nelson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Konstantinos Mavropanos. 28. Joe Willock. 29. Matteo Ganduzzi. 31. Sir Kalajinach 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Fertotlum-Hotspur. Manager Mauricio Pochettino White shirts, navy shorts and socks 1. Hugo Loris, goalkeeper 3. Danny Rose 4. Toby Alderweireld 5. Jan Vertigen 6. De Vincent Sanchez 7. Hyungmin min Song 8. Harry Winks 10. Harry Kane 11. Eric Lamella 12. Victor Wanyama 15. Eric Dyer. 16. Kyle Walker Peters. 17. Musa Sissoko. 18. Giovanni Lo 19. Ryan Sassignon. 20. Deli Ali. 21. Juan Foyth. 22. Paolo Gazaniga, goalkeeper. 23. Christian Eriksson. 24. Sir Juria. 27. Lucas Mura. 28 in Ndombele, 29, Oliver Skip, 33, Ben Davis. Match officials, referee Martin Atkinson, assistant referees Lee Betts and Konstantin Hatsidakis, fourth official, Andre Mariner, VAR official, Paul Tierney, additional VAR official, Stephen Child. Today's other fixture, Everton versus Wolves at 2pm. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport.
3: And that brings us to the end of this audio communication from Arsenal Football Club. Planning for your next trip?